Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce our host of this week's Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, welcome to another episode of Business Talk. Uh, We have a terrific show for you today. We'll get to it shortly, but first, uh, this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF Equal Housing Lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, and we are back. As promised, we have a great show for you today. We have with us Corey Wren. He is the managing director of Ravel, uh, a consulting firm that works with uh, banks, uh, smaller banks in our region, community banks. Uh, Corey, welcome to the show. George, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking about community banks. Okay, we're here to talk about banks and some of the recent headlines concerning banks and bank failures, kind of separate uh, headline from reality, if you will, or headline from <laughs> what, what's really happening in this world, especially with community banks. But let's start by telling us a little bit about Ravel and what you do. Sure. Ravel is a research consulting firm. We're based in Connecticut. We've been in New England for many, many years. And what we do is really talk to banking consumers. We get interviews and feedback to really help community banks understand what's going on in their local market and help improve their customer experience. So we spoke to about 40,000 households and businesses in New England last year. And what did they tell you? Well, you know, this ah. is an inter- <laughs> this I don't have to ask another question time. for, yes. Yeah, this is an interesting time. Um, you know, just a few weeks ago, we had a little bit of a shakeup with SVB, First Republic, um, and there was a lot of concerns in the banking world about stability, and mostly consumers. And you know, from our end, we talk to community banks on a daily basis. So in the last month, we spoke to about 30 community banks and credit unions about the recent shakeup. And their primary concern was just reassuring their customers and their future customers that they're safe. Uh, we heard from very, very few of the banks that we work with that people have actually left. So that, that is not a primary concern at the local and community bank level right now. Um, it, it is more of a national story. As you can imagine, a lot of these SVB clients were major uh, startups in a lot of cases, but major commercial firms. But you know, for us in New England, uh, if you are a retail client, a personal banker, um, you know, someone like you and me who just has money in the bank, your, mo- your money is relatively safe and uh, your bank is there to support you. So talk a little bit more about the headlines that we saw several weeks ago now. We don't want to go into too much detail about this, but just so people will understand why this is a a national and not necessarily a local story and one that involves their bank. Obviously, we have some larger regional and national banks in our region, but uh, most people, like you said, bank with um, smaller community banks. So just recap, if you will, and then we're just going to move forward and, and, and talk about more about what you do and what the community banks are, are looking at at this moment. Sure. So f- for those of you who um, may not be in the banking world as much as we might be, uh, SVB was a bank based in Silicon Valley, California, and a majority of their clients were startup businesses, commercial entities who had a lot of money on deposit, a lot of cash, payroll, 
um, money that they're trying to save to reinvest in their company. However, that particular bank was in a tough position because they were what we call over leveraged. They were lending out more money than they had on hand. So when their clients came to them and said, I want my money back because I want to go somewhere else and I want to reinvest it now, they actually didn't have the money on hand. So the federal government stepped in and supported everyone who had the deposits, uh, which in my opinion is the right thing to do, cover the people who uh, need that money to really invest in their businesses. However, that's a really different situation from the banks that you and I see every day on our commute, driving around town. Um, you know, uh, up here in New England, we have really long-term banks that have been with us for anywhere from 10 years to 110 years. And you know, just a reminder for people that every single community bank in New England is covered by the FDIC. And what that means is that the federal government guarantees your deposit by up to $250,000. That also means that community banks in Massachusetts are actually in a special place. There's an additional supplemental program called depositor insurance. And that covers a customer's entire deposit above $250,000. This is an incredible benefit for those banking with community banks in Massachusetts in particular. So if you're one of the people listening to this and you have your money in a community bank, particularly in Massachusetts right now, you should feel pretty safe about your money being there for the long term. Okay. So again, those, those headlines were, were somewhat scary, but um, we didn't see much movement locally. And, and you said there were maybe just a few consumers that had concerns about um, what happened moving forward. How did the community banks uh, move forward in that moment and, and maintain calm, if you will? Yeah, that, that's a great way to look at it. You know, when we talk to people in the New England area, we, we understand what their banking experience is right now, where their bank that they are currently with may be lacking a little bit, um, where they may be looking for different opportunities, different products, um, and just different experiences altogether. And when we look in the aggregate in New England, the banks that are um, have the, hap- the unhappiest customers, the one that we call vulnerable, 10 of the top 12 are national banks. So among the banks in our area, if you're a small community bank, your credit union, your customers or members are extremely happy with you. Uh, They are not the ones that are losing people right now. There's a real distinction between the community banks in New England and the national brands that really gobble up the headlines uh, to a certain extent. Uh, They they gather up and gobble up the, the billboards and the radio waves and our TV commercials but it's the local banks that have the happiest customers. And um, I, I, you know, we just want to make sure that people realize that there are a lot of options out there, especially in New England, which is one of the highest banked areas in the country. There are more banking brands in New England than anywhere else in the country. Mm-hmm. So th- you have a lot of options. If you're looking for um, a new opportunity for yourself, for your business, you have a lot of options around you. So make sure you don't Cross anyone off too early is what I'll say. Okay. You're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. Uh, We're talking with Corey Wren. He is the managing director of Ravel, a Connecticut-based research and consulting firm. Uh, we're talking about uh, recent headlines in the banking community and what we can expect moving forward. We don't want to use the word crisis. Uh, I think that <laughs> the recent headlines have kind of dispelled that notion that we have a crisis going on here. Uh, go back to the work that you do surveying banking customers uh, across our region and, and just 
talk more about what they're telling you about what they want and what they need from their community banks today? Sure. So as I mentioned earlier, we spoke to just over 40,000 small businesses and individuals in New England over the last year. And the number one most important aspect of their experience at a bank is that their data is safe. It's privacy, it's safety of my money, it's the guarantee that the information I share with you will be safe and taken care of. And that really hasn't changed. And what we see, especially mm-hmm. in New England, is that a lot of them are pretty good. Uh, their customers are happy with that. And particularly among community banks versus big banks, where the community banks really stand out in, in a way is safety, communication, and customer service. So things like uh, the staff is well-trained, the bank is responsive, they have good phone support, and my bank is friendly are both important to people. And a lot of community banks do that really well. And that is where some of the bigger banks have some of their biggest weaknesses because they are a little bit spread out. Um, The focus isn't necessarily on the individual consumer, it's more in the aggregate. So as we continue to visit this um, every six months, like we have been, it's interesting to see how some things are coming to the fore a little bit more, um, most notably on really service and ensuring that um, I have the experience I want from the bank. Mm -hmm. Privacy is obviously a huge issue. Uh, Just how can banks reassure their clients that their privacy is their privacy and that their money is safe? Again, there's just headlines every day uh, that are, are prompting concern in the marketplace. Sure. You know, the um, one thing that banks can do really to get in front of this is to focus on what they have been doing. Um, for most consumers, they're not necessarily concerned about the technical aspects of what's going on in the background. Um, you know, the, the security of my network is not necessarily something that consumers care about. However, their history of avoiding breaches or their history of communication or their ability to just simply jump on the phone and talk to a customer if necessary is of primary concern to banking consumers. So Mm -hmm. it's really getting back to what banks have done over the years is building relationships on individual levels, less so trying to invest millions on the next new tech fad, but are my consumers feeling supported in a way that we're going to ensure that they feel good about continuing their business with us is really mm-hmm. most important for them. Talk a little more about the banking landscape in uh, New England and especially Western Massachusetts. You used uh, sure. some words earlier that the term that most bankers I talk to use is overbanked. I don't know if <laughs> we are overbanked. Most of the other banks would say we have just enough, but um, <laughs> sure. there is a bank on seemingly every corner. And although we're maybe hearing more about uh, we don't need a branch on every corner anymore, but how how do banks manage to to stand out in that kind of marketplace where there is just so much competition, uh, so many options for people, local, regional, and national? Yeah, the biggest banks in New England uh, are obviously the most well-known, Bank of America, TD, Wells Fargo, The benefit about consumers in New England, especially Massachusetts, is that you have a ton of options from both big banks and community banks. We have the biggest number of bank brands anywhere else in the country. So this region has a lot of very big banks, but a lot of very small banks, two, three, five, six branches. And 
that is a benefit. It's good for the consumer. You know, the choice and the competition means that there's better quality service, more product offerings. And like you mentioned, there are branches everywhere. Um, you know, ironically, when we go out to talk to people, branches are still important and it's not in the ways they used to be. So about two thirds of people who want to do basic transactions, deposit a check, transfer money, uh, pay a bill, they prefer to do that online. But anything beyond that, people actually prefer to do it in person. And if I'm opening up a mortgage, if I'm looking for a new car loan rate, if I'm doing something that I don't do on a regular basis, I want to go to the branch. I want to feel supported. I want to make sure that people are there to help me through that process. And that's something that community banks can really benefit from uh, in terms of having that really one-on-one and trying to grow that relationship a little bit um, more intimately. What I keep hearing from uh, the community bankers that, that I talk to is that size still matters today, actually probably matters more than it has ever mattered in the banking industry. Banks need size. Uh, they need assets. Uh, what does that portend for the community banks in this area? They're going to need to continue to grow to remain competitive. Uh, how do they achieve that growth? Yeah, we're in a little bit of a cycle over the past few years. If you think of where we were about three years ago during the pandemic, uh, the height of the pandemic, I should say, um, people were not going out as much. They were not traveling. They were not spending money. Um, the deposits within banks were really at an all-time high. Uh, a lot of cash, a lot of money in savings accounts and checkings accounts. And the banks have turned around and used those. And they've been able to then take that money and loan it back out for a mortgage or a car or uh, a new branch of uh, some sort of business. So the bank has been able to use that money to reinvest it back in the community. However, we are now at the beginning of that cycle again, where a lot of banks, uh, particularly in our area, have really loaned a lot of those assets out. So they're looking for new customers. They're looking for new deposits in a way that they can continue providing uh, different opportunities for their community. So that is something that isn't going to change um, no matter what the size of that bank is. They have to ensure that their consumer base and their deposits continue to grow so that they in turn can then reinvest back into the community. Okay, a lot of banks are looking for those new customers, how shall I say, south of the border here in Western Massachusetts. Sure. Banks in this region uh, have been moving into Southern Connecticut, and banks in Southern Connecticut have been moving into Western Massachusetts. It's kind of like one big market where there were there used to be two. Uh, do we expect that trend to continue? And and who are the real winners when we're seeing that kind of expansion? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, one of the major mergers of the last year was M&T Bank um, taking over People's United, which was all over New England. Uh, and on a smaller level, there's a smaller bank in um, Northeast Connecticut that is being merged with a New York, a Western New York um, bank. So there's a lot of mergers and acquisitions happening right now. And that is coming from the banks looking to grow their footprint, both physically and digitally, knowing that not everyone needs to live around the corner from a bank. If their online and mobile services are good enough, then they can offer their services almost anywhere. But to your question, you know, the benefit here, in my mind, actually, although it starts with the bank looking to grow their own assets and grow their own capabilities, the consumer still has the ability to bounce around because a lot of those smaller banks are not being um, acquired or merged 
as quickly as some of the regional banks are. If we see most of the big mergers, they're happening between major regional institutions in multiple states. That's not necessarily the case in Western Mass. And you know, part of the, the um, benefit for consumers in the area is that they can really look around and almost everyone we talk to has really good technology in terms of doing the basics. So although you don't have to be near a physical branch or a physical location, if you're able to do a handful of items, depositing a check, transferring money, uh, opening up a new account online, you could almost be a consumer at any bank. And it's important to you as a consumer to decide whether that needs to be at the community level, the local level, or a little bit more nationally. Well, we've seen that trend over the years where banks have taken the name of a specific town uh, or a community off of their sign, and they're yeah. just going with yeah. different kinds of names. And yeah. they've taken the word savings out as well. But um, what do we expect to see with the merger and acquisition scene? I mean, it, things have calmed down a little bit. Like you said, M&T was the last major one. Uh, and we saw quite a few in the years before that. Are, are there more coming? I think there are going to be more coming. I think they're going to slow down a little bit. Um, the trends that we're seeing are going in different directions a little bit. So two thirds of people prefer to use one bank. So they want to keep all of their assets at one institution. That is moving up. So in New England, especially Massachusetts, that number is trying to consolidate. So people are less likely to spread out their assets. However, only about 45% of people prefer a small bank. So those community banks really do have um, some room to grow in terms of what people think about them, what people assume of them, and how they can really make an impact on the community. You know, when we talk to people about their perception of community banks, the biggest differentiation is technology. And local banks have a lot of really good technology already, but they're not doing a good job telling people that. And we assume that Bank of America and TD have the best technology, and they might have the best, but 90% of what you can do at your local bank is the same that you can do at TD. And that gets lost in the messaging a little bit. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us and shedding some light on what's happening with the local banking community. We really appreciate it. We'll have to have you back on soon and, and then talk some more. All right. Well, thank you, George. It was a pleasure. Well, thank you. And thank you to all of you for listening. This has been Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time.